my doctor self was like, I don't know what to do. And my mama self was like, absolutely under no circumstances is this the story of my children. Under no circumstances are my children going to be on chronic disease for the rest of their lives. I don't know what the answer is, but this is not the answer. And we're not going to write the story like this. Welcome to the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You are about to hear from Dr. Anna Maria Temple, who is one entertaining pediatrician. She's the doc who, when interviewed on the news about COVID, was preaching the importance of eating our daily veggies for immune support. She practices what she preaches, and she preaches what doctors should be talking about, food as medicine or as poison. That choice is up to you. So let's get into her interview. Welcome to another episode of the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, I am super excited to have Dr. Anna Maria Temple on the show. She is a pediatrician, award-winning speaker at Harvard Club of Boston, and a frequent guest on TV news and talk shows. And in her 20-year career, she has treated over 36,000 patients. She owns her own practice, the Integrative Health Carolinas in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she helps hundreds of families achieve wellness with less medications. Welcome, Dr. Temple, to the show. So great to be here. I'm so excited. (laughs) So I met you in San Diego um, and I've been following you on social media ever since. And I highly recommend all the listeners follow you on social media because you have so many helpful posts. Um, I myself have been running a functional medicine integrated practice for about 10 years, but I don't personally see children. And so after having a baby, naturally, I wanted to, I started thinking, well, how can I apply the approach that I have been using with adults to children. And it turns out the approach is very similar, right? Gut health is very important. (laughs) It's step one, step one of everything. Absolutely. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. Um, I think many doctors don't talk about nutrition with their patients. And I know with my story, the health issues I've struggled through, no one ever asked me what I was eating when that again is foundational. And so doctors like yourself and uh, me do talk about nutrition. So that's what this episode is going to be all about, how we can really equip our children to not develop chronic conditions. I'm, I'm always preaching about how we can prevent chronic illnesses in adults, but we need to be starting preventing these problems in children. And so I, I will open with you kind of telling us your story and why you're so passionate about what you do. And then I want to start talking about the chronic disease increase in children. So let's get to your story. So tell us about yourself and how you started your practice and got so passionate about integrative care for children. Yeah, well, you know, it's, um, I started out, I'm a traditionally trained pediatrician, and in 2007, I found myself working full-time and being a mother of three kids, of three chronically ill kids. My two-year-old had seasonal allergies, the kind of allergies that when Easter was around, you, he couldn't go outside, because if he went outside, his eyes would swell shut, he would tear down, he had tears streaming down his face, and when the oak bloomed, he'd be covered in hives. He was on five allergy medicines at that time. He was two. My daughter at six, she was, she had chronic asthma with needing daily steroids, chronic eczema, needing daily topical steroids, chronic seasonal allergies that required daily Zyrtec. And with any cold, it would go to an ear infection or sinus infection, or she would get croup. So she was on numerous antibiotics and steroids, not to mention constipation, molluscum, and all the other fun stuff. I mean, just all in one package. 
<laughs> and then for, as for my middle one, I mean, he was just frankly disgusting. I mean, <laughs> since the day he was born, he was just gross. He had the kind of snot, like the kind of boogers. But you know, when you see a kid walking down the street, like in your mind, you're like, who? what kind of mother allows that child to walk out of the house, much less go to school, right? And on top of it all off, he also had ADHD. Mm. And I'll tell you, there were not enough tissues in Costco to take care <laughs> of the snot. It was that bad. Anyway, so one day I took the kids to their doctor because I wanted to get to the root cause. I was like, why are my children taking chronic daily medication? This cannot be the right answer. And when I took them to the pediatrician, they said, well, you know, Anna Maria, I mean, the little one, he's already on so many medicines there. And I quote, there are no more medications we can give him. We've run out of medications. The only thing we can offer is allergy shots. Again, he was two. Hmm. As for the princess, it's no big deal. You know, she'll just take daily steroids to prevent her asthma, daily steroids topically to prevent her eczema, and she'll take her daily allergy medicines because if she controls her allergies, will control her asthma, will control her eczema, and um, and you know maybe she'll outgrow it. And it's not, you know, it's really kids. This happens. And as for the middle one, they're like, he's just disgusting, and we're just gonna need more antibiotics. And. You know, I walked out of that office and I was like, my doctor self, I was in practice five years at that time. And my doctor self was like, I got nothing. I don't know what to do. And my mama self was like, absolutely under no circumstances is this the story of my children. Under no circumstances are my children going to be on chronic disease for the rest of their lives. I don't know what the answer is, but this is not the answer. And we're not going to write the story like this. And then a week later, I went to my kid's school where the fog lifted and I understood the root cause of my children's chronic disease. I saw a nutritionist and the only thing that she talked about to the whole parent group there, the only thing she talked about was sugar. And it was on that Tuesday afternoon after work, I went home and to the horror of my entire family, I cleaned (laughs) out the pantry. I mean, out went the Lucky Charms, cinnamon toast crunch, mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, you know, orange crackers with peanut butter because, you know, protein, (laughs) chocolate milk um, from their lunch boxes because, you know, calcium, juice boxes, you name a garbage food, we had it and I chucked it. And that's when I became an outcast in my family, with my friends, with my colleagues. My house, my husband was like, kids are fun. They should have fun food. <laughs> I don't understand. My family thought I lost my mind. And my 24 partners at that time were literally like, where, where's the medical evidence behind this? And I was like, I don't know where the medical evidence is. Cause I was like, I think Google was just starting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where the medical evidence is, but I can tell you that the, it cannot be the wrong answer that I'm going to give my children more fruits and vegetables and less garbage. 
Right. I know in my heart, this is the right way to do it. And I'll tell you, I'm a warrior mama. And I'm sure that anyone listening to you that follows you is a warrior mama. And as a warrior mama, when you know that this is the right path, there's nothing that's going to stop in your way because no one hurts your babies. Right. You can do a lot of things to us, but no one hurts the babies. <laughs> and I was like, I think the babies are being hurt by the food I'm feeding them. And over the next five years, I didn't know. So I had to learn it the hard way. Over the next five years, my kids it stopped having antibiotics. They didn't need any more steroids. The inhalers were gone. My child's uh, allergy medicines, the little one, one by one, the medicines went away. Within five years, they're off medications. By 2016, we moved to New Zealand to practice medicine there. They, I had, we had no doctors, no medical insurance, no medications. Um, we and my children thrived. They jumped off the highest bungee towers. They climbed the highest mountains and we never even so much use a Tylenol or a Motrin or anything because we have learned how to thrive. And over the years, as my children got better, my medical practice changed. I started asking my patients different questions. My mama started asking me different questions. I started looking stuff up. And then I discovered functional medicine. And then when I was in New Zealand, I got to practice without malpractice. I just got to practice medicine the way it's supposed to be. And 90% of my patients never got medications and got better without medications. The other 10%, I needed more time. <laughs> and when I, came, when I came back to the United States, I was like, I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm going to do it differently. We're going to do medicine the way we're supposed to. You know, food is either poison or is either our, me- our nutrition and medication. Mm-hmm. And so I got my certification in functional medicine and I opened my own practice. And now I can legitimately tell you that vegetables are good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So your children are off all medications. That is, that is hope to listeners right there that th- this can be done. Because, you know, what we hear from from families all the time is like, it's genetics. There's nothing you can do about it. And like my blood boils because I was like, genetics is only one part of the story, but we have the power to change our health. We have the power to change our story. Just because somebody has a a gene doesn't mean that you have to accept the consequences. Right. When I hear your little ones taking so many steroids and that potentially being their reality until you change that for them. As owning a hormone clinic, I think, oh my gosh, those steroids were going to eventually impact hormone production and fertility and who knows what other chronic diseases could arise as a result of that. So thankfully you changed their trajectory. Go mama. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, my middle one was headed for ADD meds. 100% 100% and my daughter was heading for anxiety meds no doubt about it and by doing that and starting early we mm-hmm. you know we change the trajectory of what's going to happen and I think a lot of people don't understand that chronic disease begins in childhood mm-hmm. and shows up in adulthood just to your point the steroids that I was giving a six-year-old could have impact on her fertility later mm-hmm. on in her 20s and 30s right. but a lot of adults are like oh no no it's just what I did for the past couple of years. Oh, no, no. It's just my diet now. And I was like, no, it has to do from the moment that you stepped foot on this earth. Mm-hmm. Is everything mm-hmm. that we do impacts us. And you're seeing it in your clinic, mm-hmm. in the adults. So I'm always like the best way, the most effective, most cost-effective treatment is prevention. Yes, yes. So let's talk about chronic diseases in children, not to um, divert here from the positive story you just told, but let's talk about the reality of the rise of chronic disease in children. So what are you seeing? 
in your practice, um, yes. symptoms that patients are presenting with. And can you, if you know any statistics, can you list off statistics of chronic diseases in children for the past decade? 100%. In, you know, we'll start with autism, the most horrifying of things, right? In when I was in residency 20 years ago, the rates of autism were one in 100. Today, they're one in 15. Mm. 10 years from now, we're going to one in seven. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, there's uh, there's different diagnostic criteria. We change the way we manage it. There's all these things. And I'm like, fine. Okay. No, but let's go with that for a second. <laughs> How about type 2 diabetes? Type 2 diabetes is a chronic illness that is diagnosed by a blood test. You have it or you don't. There's no like, oh, somebody's changed the criteria. <laughs> 20 years ago when I was a resident, if I were to suggest that a child was admitted to the hospital because they might have type 2 diabetes, I would be asked to leave rounds because that did not exist in childhood. Zero. In 1990, 0% of children have type 2 diabetes. Now we're at 33%. One in six kids has type 2 diabetes over 20 years. That is nuts. And you cannot say genetics. I'm sorry that I'm going to take that. We do not evolve that fast in 20 years. It's not possible. (laughs) Um, You know, eczema. In 1970, one in 15 children had eczema, which eventually they outgrew. Today, one in five, majority of kids end up having eczema long term. Um, And the numbers keep going. uh, Type 1 diabetes, which everyone's like, oh, it's a genetic. Type 1 diabetes has increased 60% in the past 20 years. Six zero. And now, you know, before it was like, you know, older kids would get it. Now we're seeing it in babies. This is atrocious. It is. It is. And for those listening, if you don't know what type 1 diabetes is, that's insulin-dependent diabetes where you have to take insulin the rest of your life, which is an autoimmune condition. And where do autoimmune conditions start? In the gut, right? As functional medicine providers, that's where we truly believe these diseases start. So I will never forget, through my fellowship program um, with American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, uh, Pam Smith once said, aging starts in the womb. And I will never forget that. Aging starts the minute you're conceived. I mean, really, right? (laughs) And so I know one of the best gifts, I I strongly feel one of the best gifts I could have ever given my son was breast milk, right? Uh, As an infant. And now I get to make the choices on what he's eating. I'm buying the groceries, right? (laughs) I get to decide what foods to feed him. So let's talk about real food. We know that gut health is important and the foods we're eating impact our gut health. Foods we're eating can contribute to inflammation therein. So let's talk about what food is and what food is not. Let's define that. So tell me (laughs) what you recommend to your patients. What are your, what are you telling them for basics as far as choosing foods for, for their kids? Right. Well, you know, one of the, uh, the I, I, I bring it down to the basics. I'm always like, okay, well, let's think, because, you know, a lot of people feel that food has nothing to do with their health. They're just like, it has nothing to do with it. You're weird. And I was like, okay, well, let's think, what does the body use to make new cells? Because every day we make new cells. Mm-hmm. We make new skin cells every 30 days. We make new lung cells every eight days. Your, t- your uh, GI tract is every two days, right? Thir- your taste buds change every 30 days. What does the body use to make new cells? It uses vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. from food. Food. <laughs> food. And your patients and my, your adult patients and my teenage patients, they have hormones. And I'm always like, you know, when you think of a teenager, you're like, okay, well, um, teenagers have acne, period issues, 
mood issues, unmotivated, tired, anger, right? Kind of things like that. And I'm always like, all right. And we always say, ah, that's because it's their hormones. And then I'm like, all right, well, what does the body use to make hormones? Food. Food. (laughs) Back to food. If you think of a teenager's diet, generally speaking, in the United States, it is garbage, processed, colorful food. And then we look at their acne period, mood, motivation issues. And you're like, huh. And then in my practice, we clean up that situation. And all of a sudden, acne period, mood, motivation issues go away because we have helped them create hormones that are going to make them productive members of society with fabulous skin. and less periods issues, which then helps them as adults with their fertility and right. mental health and all that stuff. Right. Right. And that's what I'm always like, but we, ha- in, we, as a coach, when I was six years old, I had a babysitter and he would help, he would watch me and he would help me eat after school. And every time I would eat, I would bring the food to myself. He's like, you're not living to eat. That is not your purpose in this life. Your purpose in life is you eat to live. You go to the food and you focus on what food is. And it stuck with me in my head. I was six years old. I can't remember my kid's social security number. But <laughs> I could remember at six years old him saying that. And the point that I, I bring home, I'm like, we have to look at our plate. On our plate, food hurts us or heals us. And I tell people, fruits and vegetables, because that is the number one. It's like, oh, well, it's hard. Well, yeah, when your taste buds are always eating Doritos, Doritos are made in a lab by scientists, and they create very specific chemical compounds to make your taste buds explode. It's always like a party in your mouth. So then when you finish that bag of Doritos, you're thinking about the next bag of Doritos. <laughs> they're it's addicting. Like, These scientists so are with brilliant. Yes, they're addicting. <laughs> brilliant. And poor Mother Nature is like, let me make a tomato. You know, and then then after the party that you had in your mouth, you eat a tomato, it's kind of like wah-wah. And so people are like, oh, I can't. I'm like, yeah. But the more you train your taste buds to appreciate tomatoes and celery and broccoli, the less likely you're going to be craving Doritos. But it's an effort. It doesn't just come one day, you wake up and you just have amazing taste buds. You don't get off the couch one day and you run a marathon, you train. Mm -hmm. And you need the mindset. Before we do anything, you've got to change your mindset. This body is all I have been given. This body is all I have. I can't trade it for a new one. I can't substitute it. It's all I got. So the same way you treat your iPhone, right? (laughs) I think we treat our iPhone better than our bodies. You're very right. And so I want people, you know, for my teenagers, I'm always like, I want you to treat your, your body like your phone. It is sacred. And therefore, you're not going to put garbage in it. Just like you don't charge your iPhone with Gatorade. Stop charging your phone with garbage. We're going to drink water. We're going to look at fruits and vegetables because they're key to our gut health. When we go to the store, a simple takeaway is when you turn a package around, if you can't read it, don't eat it. If you can't understand what monosodium glutamate is, neither can your body. Mm-hmm. And so your body is like, oh, monosodium glutamate. What is that? Let me see. Let me put that in the brain. <laughs> um, I don't know what that is. Let me put that in the ovaries, right? Body knows, you know, wheat, milk, tomato, cucumber. It knows these foods. It doesn't know monosodium glutamate or sucralose or dextrose, whatever other garbage. So number one, if you can't read it, don't eat it. It doesn't mean you Google it. If you have to pick your phone up to Google an ingredient, you're going to put the thing back. The second thing, is less than five. 
It's my motto in life. Less ingredients, than five ingredients, ingredients okay. in the package. Always less than five ingredients in the package and you will stay out of trouble. Just those two simple rules and then you don't have to be like, so now tell me all the names of sugar I have to remember. No. No. Can't read it, don't eat it. Less than five or less ingredients. Less than five in your packaged foods. And that is just a great start. And you got, and again, you're going to crowd out the bad with the good because a lot of, you don't going to go, I'm an extremist and I was like, let me chuck the pantry. But I still did it over a long period of time. I took the Cheez-Its and substituted with good ingredient Cheez-Its. Then I substituted with less ingredient Cheez-Its. It was a process. Sure. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um, and give yourself grace. You're going to have good meals and bad meals. But just because you have a bad meal doesn't mean you're giving it up. It just means I had a bad meal. Sure. And the next meal, you have the chance to do it all over again. Could you be missing out on magnesium? If you aren't already taking magnesium, you likely should be. Our deficient food sources, caffeine consumption, stress, and exercise rob us of magnesium, which is an important cofactor for hundreds of processes in the body. It can calm your mind and ease your nerves to help you sleep at night and help reduce anxiety, PMS, and headaches. It can relax your muscles when you have cramps, your bowels when you're constipated, and it's required for energy, hormone production, and vitamin D absorption. If you're interested in exploring more about how magnesium can help support you living a longer, healthier life and the exact type of magnesium supplement to look for, check out my blog post, The Magnificence of Magnesium, found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash blog. And use code MAGNESIUM for 10% off our magnesium chelate product at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. I want to go back to MSG. I personally don't like MSG because it makes my heart race. I mean, I do not tolerate it at all. It's very excitatory. So when you were saying it goes to the brain, what that can translate into symptom-wise is ADD, ADHD, anxiety, right? Um, insomnia, whatnot. So MSG is something we need to be avoiding. And I'm going to, we're going to go here. We're going to go <laughs> down the path of talking about your Chick-fil-A post on social media. Um, because you had, you had lots of comments there. And I think what you brought to light was very important. Now, I love Chick-fil-A's mission. I love how clean their restaurant is and how kindly they treat their employees and their customers. And I think they they do that better than any other fast food restaurant out there. However, <laughs> their chicken <laughs> is still corn fed, <laughs> right? It's still, I don't know if it's genetically modified, but I know um, based on the posts that you had, I now know their chicken has MSG. I never knew their chicken had MSG. Even the grilled chicken has MSG. <laughs> Anti-foaming agents, right? They're using in their sauces, vegetable oils so for listeners who think chick-fil-a is not fast food can you break down why eating that is still not helpful to our bodies why are those things bad well you know a lot of um my family's um read ingredients and everything and i'm going to go to this one next too we read ingredients in vaccines and we make an opinion we yes. read ingredients in our food. We make an opinion. In but our hair dye, in everything. In yeah. Yeah. Hair dye, nail yeah. polish. But when yeah. it comes to Chick-fil-A, we give it a pass. And I see this over and over. And I was like, why do they get a pass? I agree. They're so nice. They're so kind. They donate. They do. Yeah. Or they treat the employees kindly. They have great pay. But that still doesn't give them the right to make this food garbage. It's still garbage because if you look at what we allow in the United States versus what we allow in Europe, I pulled up, you know, McDonald's fries in the United States and McDonald's fries in Europe. 
two different things. It's not even the same ballpark. And we are saying yes. And what I want the listeners, another takeaway, every time you purchase one of these garbage foods, you are saying, yes, this is okay for my children to eat MSG. They did have, a, they made a policy statement that they said, we, we are going to remove MSG from all our food products in 2020. I pulled up the ingredient list. I do not go to Chick-fil-A. I pulled up the ingredients online. I took a screenshot of their ingredients. It's still MSG. And I got so much hate mail mm-hmm. because they're like, you're food shaming. And you're, I was like, I'm not food shaming. I'm just giving you a screenshot of their ingredients. Right. Why do we check ingredients on popcorn and vaccines, but we, Chick-fil-A, we're like, yeah, it's okay because I just have it once a week. How often, my question to my listeners and your listeners has been, how often should children have anti-foaming agents? How often is it okay to have MSG in your diet? You know, how often is it okay for your children to smoke weed? Or how often is it for your child to drink alcohol? I mean, you know, people are like, oh, you're ridiculous because you're going there. I was like, well, but again, we're saying Coke is okay for children to drink in school, but cigarettes are not okay. If we're looking at the medical data, we can see that there's equally toxic and poisonous. <laughs> but sure. we have made these general ideas based on marketing. Mm. Just remember, again, and I'm not trying to beat them up, but when you have good customer care, when you treat your employees nicely, you, everything is clean, they love on you, it is part of their marketing. They're doing a beautiful job for the community, but that's still marketing because you end up eating that, what they call as food. And I have an issue with the ingredients. I would have no problem if they can clean up the ingredients like they promised. They made a huge thing that they're going to clean up their ingredients and they haven't done so at this time. All right. Another thing I want to just shed light on is, since I mentioned most fast food, chicken or beef for that matter, uh, usually is fed corn. This is a problem. Um, And not to mention a lot of the sauces have soybean oil. So these oils are loaded with omega-6s. And so the meat, so even the chicken and the beef that have eaten corn, not grass, (laughs) have a ratio of six to threes when we think of omega sixes to threes at about 20 to one which is very towards the inflammatory state right interestingly we humans <laughs> have interest or very similar omega ratios in our blood so we're showing much higher levels of sixes to threes now if instead we could get um, pasture raised if we could get grass-fed beef from a local farmer right make our own hamburgers whatnot most of the grass-fed meats are what what we're finding are showing the ratios of six to threes um, more like six to one instead of 20 to one. So the amount of omega-6s is much reduced, which is much better for us at a less inflammatory state. And that's what we want our bodies in. That's also why we need to take omega-3s. We need to eat fish. We need to take fish oil to raise the omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory to protect us against all these omega-6s we're getting bombarded with, with the meats we're consuming and the oils we're consuming as well. So all the more reason to not eat fast food and just get your own (laughs) farm fresh, whatever it is, eggs or meat, whatnot. Um, Let's go back to symptoms for a moment. So you've mentioned eczema. Uh, You mentioned some symptoms your children had. What are the most common presenting symptoms in your office that you see and then see improved with diet changes? Um, Most common that I see is eczema. A lot of of skin issues. 
Okay. Uh, stomach issues, a lot of stomach pain, belly pain. People have seen gastroenterologists or on all kinds of medications, including Pepsid anti-reflux medications. So chronic abdominal pain is huge. Okay. Um, I do see ADHD and a lot of neurological inflammatory conditions. I mean, kids that can't even put clothes on that are screaming, that are irritated in the pandas category, which is a neurological inflammation caused by strep or other uh, bacterial infections. I would say those are the top ones that I see. And we always go back to nutrition and food is our number one mainstay. You know, when the people see us, they're like, all right, what supplements should we get? Cause you're an integrative doctor. And I was like, not, 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 not so fast. My friends, food is first and they have to change that. We have to begin the journey of changing food habits before we even go down the road of supplements, because you cannot out supplement a bad diet. Correct. I, I say that all the time. There's no pill, potion, or powder that's going to replace lifestyle changes. You, you have to change your diet. Um, so do you run food sensitivity testing on your patients, or do you recommend a specific diet? Or uh, how do we do it? Yeah, we, yeah, so we do. I would say that in my youngsters that have eczema, abdominal pain, asthma, and skin conditions, the food sensitivity test is a game changer. In my kids with neurological issues, it's not as helpful. We do go after dairy and gluten. Unfortunately, yep. they're the most inflammatory. Yep. And everybody's like, you're so weird with your glaring gluten. And I'm like, well, no, the problem is that it's too much in our diet. Right. Too much of any good thing, you know, just making a broad generalize because there's a lot of details to the gluten and dairy, but as a broad thing is in everybody's diet, we're drowning in it. Just like you can't go out in the sunshine for 12 hours and just lay there because you'll get fried. That's too much of a good thing, but sunshine's good. We want sunshine. We get vitamin D. It's good for our skin, but 12 hours or sitting there in the sun all day, you fry water, sitting in a bathtub. It's great for you. You bathe yourself, you know, hydrating. When you sit in the tub for four hours, you become wrinkly pruned and your skin is like disintegrating because too much of a good thing. The same thing when we have so much gluten and dairy and a, a lot of my patients are like, well, we don't need that much gluten and dairy. I'm like, great. So at the next family event, I want you to be gluten and dairy free. Let me know what you can eat. And inevitably, everyone is like, well, this is so incredibly hard. I'm like, yes, because we are drowning in these two items from the food industry. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Do you see a lot of ear infections also? We do see a lot of ear infections. Um, and they, when the kids with the, I've had a lot of kids that came in with tubes and a lot of antibiotics and the antibiotics have led to eczema and, you know, all these other things. Vicious so, cycle. Yeah. Vicious cycle. And unfortunately, because with recurrent ear infections, they keep getting told you're just going to get tubes and it will be better. A lot of parents are like, oh, we don't need you because we're going to get tubes. And then they see me when they've lost all their hair. So now they have a full mm. hair, eyebrows, and lashes gone because of the antibiotics, because of the recurrent ear infections, when their eczema is out of control because of the same story, when their anxiety is out of control because of the same story. So I would say people tend to say recurrent ear infections are not as significant, if you will, until it goes down the path. And I'm always trying to tell folks, I'm like, when the body keeps having the issue over and over again, it's a red flag. Your body's right. trying to tell you something is out of whack. Totally. It doesn't mean I need tubes. Something is disagreeing in my gut. Someone please pay attention because when we don't pay attention, then the situation gets worse and worse and then it takes forever to get better and right. it becomes very costly. Right. Having 
tubes put in or tonsils or adenoids removed, whatnot, that it's similar to even with patients I see in my practice, having your uterus removed, having hysterectomy doesn't get at the root cause of the hormone imbalance that caused the need for the hysterectomy in the first place. <laughs> so having those organs removed isn't getting at any, or putting, putting the tubes in isn't necessarily getting at the root cause of the problem. So I imagine you are for chiropractic care, which could help with ear infections. I know that it's helped uh, many of my patients. <laughs> and then dairy-free to really help reduce inflammation. I know dairy, consuming dairy is highly associated with um, being a cause for many upper respiratory conditions. So not just ear infections, but even sinus infections, whatnot. I imagine taking kids off dairy is a game changer in that department too. It has been a game changer. You know what? I'll tell you. And I'm always like fully transparent in my previous life. When I was just doing traditional stuff, I would go, well, it's an old wives tale. I don't, that's what I used to say. And now I'm like, well, looky here. Look at all the evidence that it actually causes a huge problem. So now we have tons of medical data that actually yeah. shows that this indeed is a huge problem. Not to mention that when we do that in, the, in my practice, the kids get better. Awesome. Um, what are your favorite like nasal rinses? I know a lot of those, uh, speaking of ingredients, you look at the ingredient list and they're just packed with things I don't want to shove up my son's nose. So should a nasal rinse be needed? What are your favorite brands or our options? I, you know, I'm a simple kind of girl. I like my one, you know, one of each kind of thing. Um, but Exlear is one of my favorites because it's just saline, has grapefruit seed extract, yep. which is great antiviral, antibacterial, has yep. xylitol. And actually yep. xylitol, even though it's a sugar, has been shown in studies that it's taken regularly actually decreases the risk of ear infections because it prevents the binding of bacteria to the posterior, to the back of your throat. Yep. So yep. Exlear is the one that I use. It's easy. It's convenient, relatively inexpensive. And I'll tell you in the you know time of COVID and flu season, whatever, I, or even allergy season, when you come from outside, you wash your hands and you rinse your nose with Exlear. And the reason you do that, you wash your hands to get all the bacteria, viruses, and particles off your hands. Sure. But when you do a nasal rinse, at the, like as you come in from the house, you're washing out the pollen, you're washing out the viral particles. Viruses like to stick to dry mucous membranes. So if you can keep your nose nice and moist, yeah. viruses are less likely, or bacteria, less likely to attach. And Perfect. it washes out the pollen too. So it's really just kind of trifecta. Well, with that, let's transition into your recommendations for protecting our kiddos from COVID. I know you've had lots of social media posts and interviews on that. So give us, that was one good tip. Give us a couple other tips for immune boosting. Yeah. If, uh, you know, immune. So again, we have to have our mindset that the mask is not the answer. <laughs> Sexy glass is not the answer. Our children not sharing toys is not the answer. The answer lies within us understanding that we have our body and we have an immune system given to us by Mother Nature that is powerful enough to overcome COVID. Nowhere in the traditional media do we hear we have the power to defeat this. No, we act like we're sitting ducks that we're going to die on in, on ventilators right. at any moment. I mean, literally, fear, that's the yep, message. Yep, yep, all fear-based messaging. Yes, instead of we have the power, folks, go to the store, grab your fruits and vegetables because gut health, our immune system is made in our gut. And what does the body use to make powerful immune cells? Hmm. Fruits and vegetables and good nutrition. Right. So the children should have a fruit or a vegetable at every meal. I would say both. Even if you eat one bite of carrot and one grape as your starting point at breakfast, that is better than zero. 
any amount makes a difference. So fruits and vegetables should be at every meal. And I will argue even at every snack. A good rule of thumb for snacks is before children reach for a packaged food, they should reach for something that's grown from the earth. And that way you're not saying no to packaged foods, which we said less than five ingredients, but we are saying, of course you can have a packaged food, but we, that's, that's a treat where you're, we're going to feed our body with is a fruit or a vegetable. And then if you're so hungry, you can have a packaged food. I've done that with my children for years until it's become an ingrained habit. And it's amazing in the power. We're going to make sure that our children, even though they're in summer, they're getting proper amount of sleep, allowing teenagers to stay up until two o'clock in the morning on Snapchat and TikTok because their friends are there is not a good enough reason. Sleep is paramount. During sleep is when we mount an immune response and the body is a lot of people like it's a waste of time. Uh, 20% of your blood supply goes to the immune system and you powered it up. If you ever notice is that's when kids have fever. That's when they're becoming ordinary and more congested. That's because that's the body's cleaning house. It's trying to get not to mention detox and balancing of the hormones that happens at nighttime. Also de-stress. Be careful of the social media messages you guys are getting because If you hang out on platforms that are negative because you want to make sure you don't miss anything and that you're staying informed is what everybody tells me. The more negativity, the more negative you're going to become. The more negative your mindset, the more toxic your environment, the more depressed your immune system becomes. So there's a fine line between staying informed and becoming immersed. Sure. Uh, a lot of patients sit and become immersed. Let's let's go there again one time. Again, vaccine. Everyone is drowning in the vaccine saga and all they read all day long. I need to know. I need, like nothing's changed from yesterday. Like literally nothing's changed. Actually, nothing's changed from like two months ago. You keep talking and worrying and circling in that genre. You will become toxic. Remember that you become who you think you are. So if you keep telling your body, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm not a good enough mom, we're going to get COVID, we're going to die. That is what you're going to become. That will become your reality. So we need to really worry about what we're watching on social media. Get a little, get a little news so you can be stable and then surround yourself with positivity. The brain loves to gripe on negative stuff. And I probably, you can agree that, you know, we will have a day when everybody's doing amazing, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, everyone's amazing. I'm an amazing doctor and my practice is doing amazing. And then you get one email with one person that is upset about something and your whole day is shattered. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens when we look at media, the brain grabs onto negative. So I would say food, sleep, stress, please go outside. We need to go outside. Sunshine is good vitamin D. Going out in the nature is so amazing for immune system. Take your shoes off and walk in the grass. Grounding helps rebalance our stress hormones and mm-hmm. helps us get you know put together. Teach your children how to be kind. Do not tell your children, don't play with other kids because they might have COVID. It, it, I am very concerned about the negative psychological impact mm-hmm. that our children are going to have for lifelong because sure. of this. Sure. You need to teach kids you are strong enough. You are powerful enough. Your immune system is strong. It doesn't matter who you hang out with. You will be fine. And I would say those are the things that I would go with. I know people are going to want to know supplements. I'm just going to touch on top three. Yeah. Top three. (laughs) Top three. Vitamin D, um, your omega threes. And I would add zinc 
in the time. And I don't want people to be on zinc forever. We're talking like if you're going short to term. camp, yeah. t- yes, short-term zinc. You're going to camp, take zinc. You are coming down with symptoms, take zinc. I'm not a fan of like taking zinc every single day. But I would say Agreed. vitamin D and omega-3s are my top two that are just you don't pass go without taking those. Zinc, vitamin C, and um and probiotics I will say we use them judiciously because all those need to be rotated the body doesn't want the same thing so I do love probiotics but I think people get stuck on a brand for years and just like everything else we need to to rotate them sure wonderful awesome awesome well you have a book coming out so do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah I'm super excited it's um it's raising healthy kids in an unhealthy world. There's no guide there that actually helps a parent just some basics. Like, how do you find food? We don't know how to eat anymore. My mamas feel like they need an MD degree, a nutritionist degree. Now you need political science degree because you got to like understand the politics. And I, there's, so the book breaks it down into simple steps on how to feed your kids right, what to feed them, how to help them sleep, how to tackle technology. It's the basics of life that we are in a new world. The way we used to raise children 20 years ago, it is not the way we raise children now. So I'm just doing a simple guide. It's actually going to be in a bullet point. So my mamas can quickly go through it and like a reference guide, sunscreen, how do I buy it? Detergents, how do I get it? Mm-hmm. And make simple because there's so much information out there that a lot of times because of so much information we we don't take action because we're paralyzed by indecision so this book will help you make decisions and get your family on a healthy track and if you're already a healthy track it will help you stay on that healthy track so when your kids grow up they don't have chronic disease and they don't need chronic adult medicine doctors because you've already put the work in the beginning for a different kind of story in the end changing that direct trajectory again like you did with your kids so that sounds like a much needed resource i'm excited to read it uh you also currently have an eczema course available so tell the listeners a little bit about that and i'll post the link to her course in the show notes the um that we've had i've had so many families with so many skin conditions there's so many children suffering all you have to do is do a quick google search on uh, not google but search on facebook and the amount of support groups and the kids i mean it's just heartbreaking so after treating hundreds of kids successfully I took I looked I stepped back and I looked what are the common things that I've done with all my patients that have gotten better and then I put together a course that takes you from point A to point B in a straight fashion without guesswork without spending money on ridiculous supplements with knowing what to do because again in the era of information we have too much and it's too confusing so I put a plan in place that will work for most children you can do it from the comfort of your own home and in our course you get Facebook once a week your Facebook lives with my nutritionist and health coach that helps you guide you with all the food changes because it's hard and then once a week there's a facebook group with me where we tackle supplement things or and troubleshoot more of the medical aspects so not only do you get uh how to do it online but you have live support that is happening two times a week because we want you to be successful Wonderful. Very, very helpful course, sounds like. I know you've already given us so many tips. I always conclude the podcast with a top longevity tip. Do you have, even you can repeat something that you've already said, what would your your top longevity tip be? Chronic disease begins in childhood and shows up in adulthood, and we need to pay attention to our children now. Don't forget about the kids. A lot of adults are like taking care of their bodies and autoimmune conditions and their kids are eating chicken nuggets and garbage food. 
don't forget the children because by helping them be healthy now, they will avoid the problems that you're dealing with right now. Perfect. Where can listeners find you? Super simple. Um, my website is dranamaria.com. So dranamaria.com or on Instagram. Would love to see you there. Tons of free information. We do tons of educational stuff. And then you get to see the goofy life that I li- <laughs> live behind the camera. Um, and that is at Maria Temple. We'd love to see you there. And um, just my goal is to transform 10,000 children's lives in the next 12 months. And I can only do it with a community like all of you guys. It's not a one woman show. It's a community effort. And I think the tides are changing. I'm so excited to be part of your tribe. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was very helpful. I can't wait to share it with many of my my friends who are mamas. And thank you for reminding us, like you just said, that we as adults need to take care of our children. Sometimes we eat healthier than they do, and that makes no sense. So thank you for that reminder that nutrition is starting at a very young age, and we have control over that. And if we want to prevent chronic diseases, it starts um, with how, what we're feeding our children at a young age. So thank you for all the strategies you've given us today. Thank you for giving us hope that we can improve our children's lives as well. Thanks for coming nice. on the show. Yeah. Thank you. And I thank you so much for everything that you do. And I'm so glad that we partnered up to, to do this great show. I can't wait to share it. What a reminder this was that it is just as important to feed my child a healthy meal as it is my husband. We have such a responsibility as parents. We can work to prevent chronic disease with future generations, but it starts with how and what we're feeding our children. Lastly, as Dr. Temple mentioned, she has an amazing eczema course, link of which will be posted in the show notes. Use this link with code eczema100, that's E-C-Z-E-M-A 100 for $100 off. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, not only is the course 50% off, but you also get your first consult with me for free. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read all of the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, or how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thanks so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.